Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. Amen. Y'all feel good at 9 in the morning. It's already 940. You're going to get out of here and you still got time to go by Walmart or Kroger or wherever and get to lunch and everything. I'm glad that you're here this morning. Preparing for your blessing. If you're taking notes this morning, I want to start. My first point is this, that a woman had a crisis. A woman had a crisis. Anybody ever had a crisis before in their lives? Come on, I know there's more than that. I mean, how many ever had a crisis? We've all had a crisis before in our lives. We find that she was the widow of one of the sons of the prophets. And we look at this man, we don't know a whole lot about him, but we find according to the Scripture that he was a good man. One translation says he feared the Lord. As we read out of the NIV this morning, uh, it, it tells us also that, that she said that uh, he revered the Lord. Uh, so however you want to uh, slice it here, we find that this was a good man. He was a son of the prophets. He feared the Lord. He revered the Lord. He loved the Lord. But here's what we find, that even good people find themselves in a crisis sometimes. I know that you hear me say this, and, and, and maybe you're like, God, he just sounds like a, a broken record sometimes. But, but here's the deal. As the, in the life of a pastor, in the ministry of a pastor, you know what I find? I find good people every single day finding themselves in crisis situations. Thankfully, it's not everybody all at one time. But day after day, week after week, it seems like that there are people, good people, that find themselves in a crisis. I, as I tell you time and time again, I wish I could stand up here and tell you, if you just pay your tithes, if you come to church every Sunday and Wednesday, you know, if you pray enough and read the Bible enough, uh, then you could reach this level that you would never have a problem and you never have any kind of crisis to come up in your life. But then I'd be lying and then I'd go to hell because that's where liars go go. Somebody say amen. And so I don't want to just tell you something that's not true. I don't want to lie to you to make you feel better. And, but so I got to tell you the truth. And the truth we find here that there was a son of the prophets, a man that was a good man, a man that was a son of the prophets. He revered the Lord. He loved the Lord. He feared the Lord. But yet his family finds himself in a crisis. Don't think it's strange when you find yourself fi fi facing trials and crises in your life, even when you're a child of the Lord. Somebody say amen. And so what was her crisis? Well, we've read here that a creditor was coming to take her two sons to be his slaves because she couldn't pay a debt that he was owed. Now, this seems very strange to us in modern times. However, when we look back at the time of this story in the Bible, that this was legal under Mosaic law. You see, there was not an option. She couldn't declare chapter 13. She couldn't uh, say, well, just declare bankruptcy and say, I can't pay this. We'll work out a system under Mosaic law. It was the legal 
right of this creditor that was owed money that if they would not pay him what he was owed, then he could take her two sons to be his bond servant or his slave. So here she is. She has lost her husband. Her husband is dead. She's broke as a convict. And now she hears that her two sons were about to be taken into slavery. Have I said it before? I'll say it again. This woman was in a crisis situation. And I know that you and I find ourselves at times in a crisis situation. And there are many times where we come to that place and we come to the end of our rope and we're in the crisis moment and we wonder what in the world can I do in this situation I'll tell you what this lady did when she found herself in a crisis and that is that she cried out to the prophet of God Elisha so let me step back just a moment and remind you that this is an Old Testament story an Old Testament perspective that we look at and so in essence when she cried out to Elisha when she cried out to the prophet of God, she was crying out to the Lord. You see, if you find yourself in a crisis situation, the best thing that you can do is you can cry out to the Lord. When you find yourself at the end of the rope and you don't know where to go, the best place you can go is to Jesus Christ. We sang it already. You can speak Jesus over your situation. Back a long time ago, we got a pretty mixed age crowd here this morning. So some of you might know it and some of you might not. But back in the old days, we used to sing this old song, where could I go but to the Lord? You see, we can go to God no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. When you find yourself in a crisis, it's all right to call your mama. It's all right to call your pastor. It's even all right to go see your counselor if you need to. But I'm telling you, there's one that can solve every situation in your life, and that is Jesus Christ, the Savior of the Lord of the world, and He can bring you out of your crisis situation. Give Him praise this morning. If you're taking notes, the second thing that we find here is we find that Elisha asked her what she had. Look at verse 2. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me. What do you have in your house? You see, she replied, and, and I like her, 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 the honest reply here. She said, your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Her initial response was nothing. And it's almost like an afterthought where she said, I don't have anything. She said, but I've got just a little bit of oil. Now, people are way smarter than me that have know a lot more than I do say that this oil that she had was most likely not a large vat that would be used for cooking. In Israel at that time, they used olive oil for everything. And they had different containers. And, the, and this specific container that she was speaking of was not a large amount of oil that she might have for cooking but was thought to be a smaller vessel that was used for anointing. Now, we know in the church, in Pentecostal church, that we anoint people with oil, as the Bible tells us, to anoint the sick with oil, pray the prayer of faith. We anoint oil. 
Sometimes we get a little really wild, and sometimes we put evangelists. I've even been in some where they'll go dumping it over somebody's head. Y'all can wake up a little bit. It's all right. But as we read here, we find that this, that this oil that she speaks of, that this container, this vessel that she has, it's not a large supply, but one that they would use. They would use the oil for dry skin. They would anoint if you had a, a rash or if you had some kind of cut. They would take this little bit of oil and they would use it to apply it as an ointment to help bring healing to it. And so this was not even a big thing. So when she said, uh, the only thing I have, I don't have a big jug. I don't have a 55-gallon barrel. I know they didn't have gallons. They didn't have barrels back then, but just stay with me. I don't have a big supply. So the only thing that I have is a little bit of oil. But can I remind you today that God is always looking to use what we have. Elisha said to her, what do you have? God had done this already before to a man named Moses. Moses, what do you have? He said, I've got a staff. Then we find later on there'd be a young man named David. And this young man named David, all he had was a sling and a rock. There was later on in the New Testament a young boy. They were looking to feed 5,000 men, not including the women and children. And Jesus said, what do you you see, I want to tell you today that the Lord won't ask you for what you don't have, but he will ask you for what you do have. Sunday after Sunday, as I get up here and I talk about giving, I've, tell you, I've told you many times that I don't believe God is asking you for something that you don't have. If you don't have $1,000, God's not asking you for $1,000. But if you got 50 cents, the Lord might just ask you for that 50 cents. God said to her, God through Elisha said to her, what do you have? And this morning I'm telling you, if you're in a crisis situation, the Lord may be looking at you and speaking to your heart through his word and asking you, but what do you have right now? We find thirdly that Elisha then told her what to do. Verse 3, Elisha said, go around. And ask all your neighbors for empty jars. If you're reading King James, I believe it says vessels. Don't ask for just a few. Go and borrow empty jars. You see, we find she had to commit herself in faith to God's provision. Because to borrow jars or vessels in this way invited awkward questions. Think about it. If the Lord said to you today, you got a crisis, you need him to help you, and he says, all right, here's what you got to do. I need you to go and collect as many pots from your neighbors as you possibly can. Well, you're going to start with those that are closest to you maybe and, and say, hey, Theo, can I, can I come by? I, I, I need to borrow a pot from you. And, and he might say, oh, if you're close enough, he might say, hey, just go ahead and take that. And what, what you cooking? Well, you know, then, then you move on. You move on. Uh, maybe you go on to somebody's house that you're not as familiar with. Hey, I need to borrow a pot, a vessel, a container from you. And like, oh, okay, I don't really know you that well. Don't you live down the street? Yeah. What, what, what Are you having a big cookout? Are you having a lot of family members? No, 
God said, God told me that I needed to get a lot of pots. Can I just tell you something? Sometimes, sometimes God is going to ask you to do some stuff that's going to stretch your faith out. And it's going to stretch your faith out, and it's going to open up awkward questions for people around you. Because there's going to be some people that you ask and love the Lord, and they're, and they're going to say, hey, praise God, I'm going to believe with you. Let's agree together for this right now. Then you're going to have some that's like, okay, God told you. Uh, could you just make sure you bring me the pot back? <laughs> Come on now, y'all know what I'm talking about. Spurgeon said this. He said, she did what was commanded to do. She did it in faith, and the result answered the end. God takes care to deliver his servants in ways that exercise their faith. He would not have them to be little in faith, for faith is the wealth of the heavenly life. You see, many times we think, well, if we can just get close enough to God, it'll be easy, and he won't ask us anything wrong. God wants to exercise our faith. For his faithful servants, he will deliver us, but he will do it many times in ways that will exercise our faith and stretch our faith and pull us out of our comfort zone. Why? To remind us, as Brother Eric already said this morning about the tithes and offerings, that it's not really about us and what we can do or what we've got. It's about Him, and it's about His delivering power and His all-sufficiency and how it is Him that can deliver us from our situation. Give God praise this morning. And then he says what? Tells her in the second part of verse 4, go inside and shut the door. Excuse me, the first part of verse 4. Then go inside and shut the door behind you, you and your sons. You see, and, and then begin to pour the container. There are some things that we have to do on our own. I'm going to say that one more time. There are some things we have to do on our own. There's some things that the pastor just can't help you with. There's some things that the prophet couldn't help her with. There's some things that mama can't help you with, daddy can't help you with. There's some things that you're going to have to go in and you're going to have to shut the door, just you and the Lord. Just like David, as we read, had to encourage himself in the Lord his God, sometimes it's just us and God. David was at Zik Ziklag had been burned. David's family was gone. David's city was gone. He was already on the run from a crazy king named Saul. Uh, and now the few folks, his mighty men, his army that he had with them, they're talking about killing David, and there wasn't nobody else, no place else that he could go. And so David had to encourage himself in the Lord. And here Elisha tells this widow woman, this time I'm not going to be, there's going to 
come a place where the prophet can't go in any further. There's going to be times where the pastor can't get in any further. There's going to be times where it's got to be you and it's got to be God and you're going to have to get a hold of God on your own. That's a great message to preach right before Pastor Appreciation Sunday, I know, but... He said this, he said then in the second part, verse 4, he said, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. Pour oil from your container into the empty jars. So I remind you that her original vessel that had her little bit of oil was small. So this required constant pouring. Now, Scripture's not completely clear on how exactly this process worked. You know, I don't know if there was the big vessel, and she would pour it out until this emptied out, turn it back up, and miraculously it would fill back up, or if she just began to pour and it would just miraculously pour and pour and pour until the bigger vessel was filled and Take it to the side. I, we don't know. The Bible's not completely clear on how exactly this process worked. But what we do know is that she did start out with the small vessel, and there was a whole lot of pouring that had to go on. We do know this, that the vessels, the jars, had to be empty, the prophet said, before they could be used to pour into. You see, we must empty ourselves for the Lord to fill us. You see, we've gotten this false thought about God and about Christianity. We have come to the place where we feel like that we can have a little bit of God and we can have a little bit of something else too. But God has always been that he wants exclusive rights to our lives. The prophet said for the oil to flow, the vessel must be empty. You see, when we, and you've heard me mention this before, when you talk about meditation, when, when you're talking about the eastern concept of meditation. But when they do that, they're trying to just completely empty themselves and make themselves empty. But that's not the point of Christian meditation. The point of Christian meditation is this, empty yourself of everything else so that there is then room for God Almighty to fill you with His presence, to fill you with His Spirit, to fill you with His Word. You see, we must empty ourselves for the Lord to fill us. Sometimes we wonder, why? Why, God, why are you not filling me? Why are you not doing what I, how full of, of, of everything else are you besides the Lord? Fourthly and finally, we find after this that the oil stopped flowing. Look at verse 5. She left him. And afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay your debts. You and your son can live on what is left. Listen to me. The miracle was given according to the measure 
of her previous faith of borrowing jars. Had she borrowed more, we have every reason to believe that more would have been provided. We don't know exactly. Did she borrow 50? Did she borrow 100? We don't know exactly. But what is clear here is to us in Scripture that according to the amount of of, of vessels that she borrowed and brought in, that amount would have been filled. You see, you've got to sometimes step out in faith. Remember I, at the very beginning how I said she had to go on that awkward part of knocking on doors and asking for vessels? That was faith. She had to get a bunch of empty pots or vessels or containers for some oil that she didn't even have at the time. You see, God is looking for you. I don't tell, I know, I know we don't ever earn anything, but listen, sometimes God does require us to act in faith before he moves. And the provision of the Lord was based on the amount of faith she had by the amount of pots that she went and borrowed to be filled. What is God asking you to do? Here we are. Here we are right now. I, I felt, most of you know, I've I preached this a numerous amount of times. I've talked about it over, over the last couple of years. You know, took a, little, took a little faith. Took a little faith to say, you know what? I think God's got more than just filling this place up one time. Let's go ahead and have two services on a Sunday. You know what the Lord has been doing over the last, you can look at the numbers we, two weeks ago, we had over 200. Last week, we had 160-something. You, you know what? I, I don't believe that we could do that. I don't believe we could do it because of COVID and statistics. People don't want to be as crammed up as they used to be. And so sometimes you've got to make room to be able to say, Lord, I'm going to provide. I'm going to step out in faith and make room. And I'm going to put myself out here and make myself look stupid if need be. But I'm putting my trust in what you said. And her amount of oil was filled by the faith steps that she took. Maybe you're here and maybe you, maybe you want a different job. Maybe you want a promotion. And the Lord's telling you, well, prepare yourself for that. Maybe you need to start training for that. Maybe you need to take a class for that. Maybe you need to start acting like. You know, that's what all the church growth statistics say. They say if you're running 100, you need to start acting like you're running 200. If you're running 200, you need to start acting like you're running 300. You're like, is that some kind of newfangled church growth? Absolutely not. That's in the Old Testament where God said, if you want something and you're going to believe me for it, then you need to take some faith steps. When you, before you ever see it, you need to take some steps to get, begin to prepare for the oil and the blessings that I have for you and that you are believing me for. We find that the oil did not pour out on the ground or simply flow about. It was intended for a prepared vessel. Get this right here. It was intended for a prepared. It, it, it did not just simply flow about. It wasn't oil just didn't start gushing out of her container and, and just randomly know. The only time the oil flowed was when there was a vessel prepared. Each vessel was prepared by being gathered. 
It was gathered by the widow, and then it was assembled together in her home. They were emptied out of everything else that might have been in, in them before. And then they were put into position. Now, give me a little creative. She says to one son, I just happen to believe the process was here. I think she had the empty pot son. We know she had two sons, and I, the way I read this, I think she had the empty pot son and the full pot son. To where she pour, 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 pour. Full pot son, when it's full, move it out of the way. Empty pot son, put the new one right there. You see, each one was put in the position and stayed in the position until the pouring was completed and the vessel was field. I'm going to go a little bit old school Pentecostal on you here. And we used to say it like this. Sometimes you just got to get under the spout. You just got to get in the place where God is blessing and where God is anointing. That is a biblical principle that you position, you empty yourself. You position yourself so that you can receive what God has for you. And when there was no more prepared vessel, the oil then stopped. Some musicians and the singers make their way here. You see, we have to prepare in faith. So many times we want God to just, bam, do something when we've done nothing. And again, I hope you see this here. I'm not talking about that we're going to earn the blessings of God but that we are preparing ourselves and positioning ourselves in faith. Collecting a bunch of pots didn't earn the oil, but it did make her take a step of faith. What is that? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen? That she saw the provision before she ever really saw it with her eyes. Come on, somebody. God is asking us to prepare ourselves. We have to prepare in faith. We have to have the vessels ready for all. We've got to put ourselves in the position, have them cleaned out, make sure that they're emptied out of everything and anything that doesn't need to be there. I know we don't preach this a whole lot anymore, but listen, I still believe in sanctification. I still believe that we need to empty ourselves of all kind of worldly trash and mess. You know what? We live in a time now especially especially where we don't even mean to. If you go back to the Old Testament, you've probably heard me say this before. You go back in the Old Testament, the Old Testament talks about in the sacrificial system and, and the sin, sometimes just being out in the world, being around it, just rubs off on us. Sometimes you don't mean to hear that. It's just the, you, you have to go to work or you have to go to class, and that's just going around, on around you, and you have no choice. Sometimes the contamination of this world, and, and, and I remind you that God said it's got, that vessel has got to be emptied out. How many times the people come and they fall on their knees or they're in a prayer, and they're like, Lord, why won't you feel me? Why won't you do this? And the Lord is saying, because you are full of other stuff. And I will not pour out my precious oil and my precious provision into a vessel that's already full of other garbage. 
He said, clean it out. Clean out the vessel. The vessel must be empty. And then position the vessel for the blessing. Empty pot, son. Apparently, she had a spot. I mean, that's the way I read it. Apparently, she was, I don't know, at the kitchen table. I don't know where she was, but she was at a spot. And she's like, empty pot, son. Bring me another one. The empty pots had to be put in the position to receive the blessing. I think sometimes the Lord will let us know, this is where I need you to be. I need you to be right here to receive this blessing. Sometimes we know it. Sometimes we're just off in a bunch of junk. And the Lord's saying, I need, I need you to get out of there, and I need you to get in the position, to get in the place where I can bless you and I can feel you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you.